Hello and welcome. It's 8 p.m. on May 2nd, and we are floating high above Negran on a floating island. And this is the Needs a Hug podcast. This is the Needs a Hug podcast. Do you need a hug? I need a hug. I need a hug. I need a hug. We need a hug. That's right, Kaz. It's picnic time here in Nagran. And to share our spicy buzzard wings, today we have Mukhtar, and a name that most of you will not recognize, Exige, the founder of the guild. We'll get into more of how all of this mess got started later on. Right now, it's time for our Week in WoW. So, Belthel, what have you been up to in this week of Worldcraft? Well, since the patch dropped on Tuesday, I've been playing Belfal, my holy paladin, a lot. I started running troll dungeons the day after they came out, and last night, just before raid, I was able to finish one! And I encourage anyone who can to stick it out until you actually are able to finish one. The rewards for me were two eye-level 353 pieces of gear, as well as 140 valor points, and... A whack ton of gold. I think I made 100 gold on that run by itself. Holy cow. Yeah. Now, the the boss that you have to worry about, at least in the dungeon I did, which I believe was Zulgrub, is the eagle boss. If your group can beat the eagle boss, then you're all set. You'll be able to whip through the rest of it. Now, that being said, I still haven't finished the other dungeon, so I'm hoping the rewards will be just as awesome. But it uh, it's definitely worth the time. So, what have you been up to, Cass? Well, the past two weeks I've been leveling some alt tunes. I've got my rogue to level 85, and I've been working on my druid lately. And last night, I was about 15% away from level 83, so he'll be 85 before too long. I've also been doing some more BGs on my death knight. And just getting rep for kills and battlegrounds is so nice. They changed that in the patch. And I think that it was a very needed change. And I feel probably I'll be able to finally hit Exalted with the guild reputation, which will be very nice. I did attempt a Zul'Gurub run with the guild since the patch. And we got the, we got to the crazy cat lady. Uh, before it got a little too late, uh, I had to bail because I had to get up early for work. Man, it seemed like a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I like how they changed it so far. And can't wait to see the rest of it and get into Zulamon. Now, hold on a second. I, I know I haven't played in a little while, but did you say that there's a crazy cat lady in World of Warcraft now? Yes, She's actually one of two. There's a crazy cat lady in Ulduar, and there's a crazy cat lady um, in Zul'Gurub. The crazy cat lady in Ulduar is, I believe, one of the um, titan aspects of nature, and she runs around with a pair of panthers that jump all over your head and squish you. The crazy cat lady in Zul'Gurub, on the other hand, is a crazy panther lady, and she has lots and lots of panthers around you who jump on your face and try and kill you. Yeah, so they're all pretty much crazy cat ladies. So should one of us tell him that Zul'Gurub is no longer a level 60 raid? So I think I just will... did. <laughs> no, I think it'll be funny if he tries it by himself. I can solo that. <laughs> We'll get into that and like the WoW news and stuff like that. We'll go through all that. So, Mukhtar, what have you been up to this week in Warcraft? All right. Well, to frame my week in Warcraft, first I have to give you a bit of background. Um, I think you guys know that my internet is pretty much appalling. And um, see, I, I live right in the middle of nowhere, right between two cornfields, which is 
a fantastic place to live, but there's not a whole lot of high-speed cables that run out there. So, so you go to uh, the uh, seventh, seventh fence post past BFE and make a right, right? That's the one. You've been there. <laughs> so <laughs> I get my internet wirelessly, and uh, that works just fine um, until there's a little bit of wind or a little bit of rain or a little bit of cloud or it just gets in a bad mood, and then my internet just tanks. So... Um, as with most of North America, we've been having really strong winds the last couple of weeks, and uh, so that's been hampering my efforts to play WoW considerably. In any case, I've been really wanting to get into the new troll dungeons. Um, I managed to get into one on Wednesday with the guild, and I got, I think, to the second trash pack when uh, I got disconnected and I wasn't able to get back in. So I would really like to get in there because I really want to see that dungeon because it sounds really cool, plus some great loot, but I have been unable to do so so far. So instead, um, so that was with Darvina, because I, I wanted to get Mook in there, but Mook's been having some problems because you need a 346 gear score to get in, and I'm stuck at 345, so I've got to get myself some Justice Points gear. I think I've got enough tokens. I think I've got about uh, 3,000 or so, so I should be able to get something to put me up over the limit there. Um, so instead, I've been working on Darvina's achievements. Because um, I'm in a bit of a competition with uh, um, Gutterball and Arielia for um, my uh, achievement points. And up until this week, I was in second place. But uh, Arielia has surpassed me, and now she's 15 points ahead of me. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, that's like one and a half achievements. Grats, Arielia, on surpassing me in uh, points, but I am right behind you, and I am going to catch you. <laughs> so you should be looking over your shoulder. So anyways, I've been I've been working on a few of the e easy um, achievements. There's there's a bunch of new ones that popped up in, in 4.1, and I, I knocked off a few of the cooking and fishing and first aid achievements, and so hopefully I will, I will have caught up shortly. Uh, the other thing I've been working on is I have been wanting to roll a shaman for quite some time, and... I have a, um, I've actually tried a few times. I've rolled a couple Alliance uh, Shaman on Ravenholt, and uh, I haven't been able to get them much past level 10. So I decided this week to roll a Goblin Shaman, mostly because I thought the name Sakai Shaman sounded awesome. In fact, Sakai Shaman would be really nice with some dill and lemon. <laughs> it, it, it's a kind of fish. <laughs> Um, so uh, right now, Sakai is just level one, and uh, I want to I want to start playing him maybe on the weekend a bit. The uh, one of the things I have not been doing is I have not been fishing, and I really should be. I've been well I with a name you... like Sakai. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have to be fishing with a name like Sakai. Yeah. So you guys are talking about how I've been trying to win this um, this fishing contest for uh, the last couple of years, and. Because my internet lag has been so bad, I haven't even bothered trying the last three weeks, but I'd really like to get back in there. So oh, this weekend goodness. I want to keep trying. The, you're after the fishing contest? Yeah. You know, I started doing the fishing contest the very week it was introduced as a thing, and I did it every single week that I ever played WoW up until the point where I quit. Well, i got to tell you about Avelina. I, I think some of you may know this story, but uh, Avelina, my wife, she'd been watching me do the fishing contest for about six months after I started playing WoW. And one day she came up to me and was asking, what's this, what's this fishing thing that you've been doing, this contest? And so I kind of told her what it, what it was and how it worked. And she said, I, I want to give it a try. I'm going to come with you this weekend. And so I said, all right. So weekend came around and we went out and we started fishing together. And um, 
so we're fishing away and after about uh, 10 minutes she says so how many fish do we need and i'm like oh you need 40 it's going to take you a while and she's like oh great i'm at 38 <laughs> so anyway a couple more minutes roll by she says yeah i got 40 and so uh i, I had had her set her hearthstone to booty bay like you're supposed to and she hearthed back and she um she turned in the quest and she got the achievement on her first her first go wow <laughs> that sounds like your wife yeah yes, and she said oh really that does. was easy let's let's go again next weekend that was good fun <laughs> 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 and so I was I was bitter and I am still trying to get my fishing title because that is the one last thing I need before I can be Salty Darvina, which would be awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I know you'll get it. Uh, I'm sure I will. I just, just need to be persistent. So, Exige, I know you don't play WoW anymore. What games are you filling your time with? Uh, mainly Portal 2, I guess. Uh, it, it's totally awesome, but then again... I know this is a WoW podcast, so I won't go into it too much. It but... is awesome. Portal Two is a win. No, yeah. go in, go into it if you want to. This isn't this isn't a WoW podcast. This is a podcast about anything you guys want to talk about. Yeah, yeah go for it. Tell uh... us a little bit about this Portal Two you speak of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm actually sure most of your listeners have already played it because statistically, most PC gamers have played it. But it's, uh, yeah, uh, you know, the uh, it's completely awesome. Don't get me wrong. But it's almost exactly as good as the first Portal. Have you, I, have you noticed that like they've replaced uh, the you know almost no plot that they had in the first Portal with a, a great plot and funny dialogue and whatnot? But they've also added in all sorts of unskippable cutscenes and other annoyingness that'll prevent you from enjoying it on replays. Now, now a lot of people probably have played Portal Two, but if you're like me, really the only game I play is World of Warcraft. So, why don't you give us a rundown of what it is? Is it an RPG, a first-person shooter, what? Well, it, it's like a it's like a puzzle game. Um, it, uh, you have a gun that shoots two portals, and they connect to each other. So you're in this 3D environment, and you you shoot a portal, and it creates like a hole in the universe that connects to the other one. And, and the whole game is about solving puzzles involving, uh, well, connecting one area of space to another. Uh, the 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 really f- great part about it is is not only the puzzles but the great dialogue they have. Like there's uh, man, I wish we could play a clip or something. But <laughs> there, there's some really great dialogue at the beginning. The the uh, the robots asking you, hey, uh, he's going through the combat tutorial. He's like, hey, look up at the ceiling, look up the floor, or whatever. And, and at some point, you say, okay, now I want you to say. Uh, I want you to say something to me, and it says on your screen you get to press space to speak. So you press space and you jump. And he's like, "Okay, what? What you just did there was you you jumped, but <laughs> uh, all right, uh, try saying apple." And and then you get a, a prompt saying, "Press space to say apple," and you press space and you jump again. And he's like, "Ah, well, you're uh, you're a good jumper. You got that going for you." No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the dialogue. It's it's. Yeah, the dialogue makes the game, but the puzzles are really challenging and fun, too. Yeah. Yeah, the humor in that game is really, really amazing. Um, we should... Yeah, everybody should be introduced to Cave Johnson, the creator of the Portal uh, company. Oh my god, that guy is fantastic. Yeah, he is truly awesome. They they actually got a big-name actor who, of course, I'm completely blanking on his name, to uh, play the part of Cave Johnson. I'm Cave Johnson. I own the place. So, welcome to Aperture. You're here because we want the best, and you're it. 
Nope. Couldn't keep a straight face. All right, I've been thinking. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad! I don't want your damn lemons! What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. I'm going to get my engineers to invent a combustible lemon that burns your house down. <coughs> well, what voices did he do in WoW? If none, I wouldn't have heard of him. He has done none in WoW. So what else have you been up to, Exige? Uh, well, actually, besides taking care of my son and work, not much else. Like, uh, Portal 2 came out last week. I'm I'm looking forward to Torchlight 2, which is coming out soon. Oh, I can't wait. All right, well, let's head into some WoW news. We have Noble Garden that just ended and stepped right into Children's Week swinging with your orphan out, I guess you could say. You always got to be careful what you do with your orphan out. Did you guys notice the new pets they added for Children's Week this year? No, I haven't even looked at it yet. I did. I got the new snail. Yeah, the snail's awesome. You get him in Ogremar. Um, and then there's another one. If you go to the Shatrath ones, there's a new pet called Legs. Avelina got him. And he's uh, one of those long, spindly monsters that you see in Zangermarsh. I can't remember what they're called. But anyway, he's a little mini one of those, and he's pretty cute. Oh, cool. Sweet. I sort of assumed he was a spore bat. No, no, there's already a spore bat pet in the game, so this is different. Nice. Um, did anybody cool. get the uh, veteran nanny? I did, yeah. Yeah, I was missing the elephant, and so I got him this year, which means I'm going to have to get legs next year. But I got my achievement. Sweet. So well, congrats. Yeah, and it put me 10 more points closer to Aurelia. Thank you very much. Nice. Now, sobering thought number 423. Look around. You now have nephews younger than characters in this game. <laughs> Another thing that Blizzard has done is they have put out an in-game pet to help Japan in the earthquake relief. You can go to the Blizzard store and buy the Scenarian Hatchling for Japan Earthquake Release. He is in-game store for the cost of $10.00. Adoption fee. And one big thing to note about this as compared to the, um, I believe it was the original Pandaren and the little yeah. KT, if I remember correctly, half of the price of those pets uh, went to a charity. I believe it was one of the children's charities. Um, in this case, the entire price of the pet is going to the relief fund. Yep, oh, it's nice. it says right here, for every Scenarian Hatchling purchase between now and July 31st, 100% of the $10 U.S. adoption fee will be donated to the American Red Cross's Japan Earthquake and Pacific Tsunami, tsunami Relief Efforts. So this will be like the other pets or the pet store where you can, when you buy them, you get them on all the characters on that account, right? I believe so. That seems to be the way they're going. Most of these things are becoming uh, Battle.net account-bound. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it does make it real handy just to uh, pass it around and uh, not have to worry about losing it, really. Yeah, well, especially when you're an altaholic like me. 
Yeah. <laughs> there, there is something about as soon as you log into the game on a new character, you see that mail icon. So the first time you see a mailbox, you open it up and there's 20 mails from all these different things that you've done <laughs> over the years. You know, it's like, oh, here's a mount, here's a pet or two. It's a nice little surprise. Yes, that it is. So, patch 4.1 just hit, and we got a bunch of new stuff. And among things were the Zul Dungeons, the Looking for Group, Looking, I'm sorry, Looking for Guild Pain, we talked about before. Now, how does that actually work? The, uh, I mean, that sounds awesome. I used to always have to spam Trade Chat. Well, Looking for Guild um, is a new interface that puts up a small window that I, as the Guildmaster, fill out. And in there, I check what days uh, that we raid or do other events. Um, I check what our guild is into. There's sections like PvP, RP, um, dungeons, leveling, all those different types of things. Um, and so I put check marks in all those boxes. And there's a place for a 255-character block of text that you can use to advertise your guild and then someone who is looking for a new guild clicks on the guild finder button and it pops up and asks them basically the same questions so um you know check off the things you need so they check off that they want to raid uh, and they're looking for someone to level with and then they check off that they're around weekdays and weekends and they hit the search button and up pops a window that says these are all the guilds that fit your requirements and it shows all their little blurbs and what guild level they are and all that kind of great stuff and the person picks one of them out clicks on it and applies to the guild and it allows them to fill out some information so that we get a little blurb back and then theoretically what happens I haven't actually gotten this last part to work correctly yet because nobody's been on at the same time as me is that I click the invite burst button and invite someone to the guild. Now, my biggest problem with it currently is that that person has to be on at the same time as me, which can be very inconvenient, especially if, say, we got one request from an Australian boy. Well, he's almost never going to be on the same time as me in particular, as the guildmaster, so it's looking like it's going to be very hard to invite him. I'm going to probably end up sending mail to anybody who applies to us. And for anybody out there listening from the guild, you're, if you go to our website in the members area, I've posted a question. Um, I'm trying to get the best guild message we can. So post up in there any uh, guild messages you can think of that would be great to attract people to the guild. You, you know what I have a problem with this This is it sounds like it you recruit people purely on the basis of like your rating times and whatnot. And, and that's totally orthogonal to the way that I used to run the recruitment in the guild when it first started. Like, I, I used to purely use silly messages that discouraged serious uh, people of all forms, but there, there's... It doesn't sound like there's a way to communicate that. So I, I, I just want to do something funny, and anybody who laughs, we're going to in, invite into the guild. Well, the 255 characters is sort of your place to do that bit, to, to be entertaining. Um, or I, I assume if you're a serious raid group to put in, you know, like, I guess, minimum gear scores or something that those type of people would care about. 
That, that, that used to be one of my standard questions uh, when I was recruiting people. I used to always ask them, hey, what, uh, what is your gear score? And if, if they gave me an answer that was numeric, I, I wouldn't invite them. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so an answer like, what's gear score? That would get them an invite. <laughs> yeah, that would get them an invite. <laughs> yeah, and we have sort of tried to maintain that sense of frivolity and strangeness um, in the guild. Uh, the As I said, we would never, as a guild, ask that type of thing because it's completely inconsequential. If that person wants to actually start to raid... Oh. Oh, we I can... totally asked that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you were looking for the exact opposite response everybody else was. Now, uh, along with the looking for guild, there was also the uh, tank incentives were added. Now, I've never actually gotten one of those yet, but the, the satchel of spoils for uh, tanks, and quite often for healers. I was kind of surprised at how often it comes up for um, healers. Uh, is out. I haven't gotten one yet, but from what I understand, there's about 40 gold, a couple of gems, and a chance at either a pet or a, a mount uh, dropping out of that bag. So I'll have to uh, see what happens the first time I get one of those. As Have you gotten one of those, Kaz? No, I have not ran any pugs. I refuse to run pugs. I just don't want to deal with pugs. I, I agree with you, Kaz, except one interesting thing to note is that those satchel of goods is account-bound. So you can send it to any one of your tunes you want, which I think is great. It's true, but the only one I'd want it for would be Kaz, Kaziya, my death knight, and that's who I'd been, who would I would have ran with these anyways. But I would literally rather grind it out than run a pug. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. However, in, for someone like me, I, uh, my pet collector is my rogue, Darvina. And, of course, I'm never going to get the Satchel of Spoils as DPS. So if I happen to get it tanking or healing, I could then send it over to my pet collector. Which you can, you know, you're an excellent healer on Mukhtar or even your druid. And I, I'd have no problem with people healing in pugs like that that I've ever seen it's, I just pugs is not one of my things I like yeah to do. pugs just aren't fun for me I, I would just much rather play with the guild and if uh, if there's no one in the guild that wants to run dungeon I'll just find something else to do yeah it's very interesting I actually have the exact opposite reaction that you two have um, I love running with pugs because I get to practice my craft in a place where I don't care about the consequences. These are people I will never see again and don't care about in the slightest. So if I let them die, then they die. I don't really care. <laughs> I feel really bad if I let guildies die. So I always make sure that I pug any new dungeon over and over again till I know the fight's cold. And then when I go in with the guild, I can make sure that my guild has a really great experience. That's that one way one, to look at it. That's exactly what I was going to say. That is one way to look at it. Uh, I think it's just my enjoyment comes with, like Mukhtar said, is running with your guildies, and I have a lot of fun just learning the fights new uh, with guildmates to where we have a fun time doing it, and it's not a whole bunch of, come on, you noob. Why can't you do this right and blah blah blah? So, yeah, I, I I play the game for the people, not for the game itself. It's a great game, but there are 
even better people, and that's what keeps bringing me back. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the reason most of us play WoW. Like, I mean, there are lots of other games that you could be playing, you know, massively multiplayer games that have newer engines and better this or that. But WoW um, is beautifully polished, so it's not a painful experience. It's a really nice experience. And we have this great group of people to play with. So that's uh, one of the wonderful things about our guild. Yeah, and I think that's what this game was based on, was the community and getting yeah. people together. Yeah, the interactions of peoples is what really makes this um, makes it play well. Until you throw in a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> that's what pugging is. Alrighty, so let's move into some guild news. The guild has reached level 21, and with that... We get what? What perk do we get? We got the amazing have group will travel. So it comes from the wonderful situation. You're standing there at the stone and you're all by yourself and you can't summon anybody into the dungeon or the raid. And even when you get a second person, there's either eight or 23 more people to summon. Now, you just hit a button, and it teleports everybody in your raid group or uh, regular group to you. So you can move your entire raid at once. It is awesome. Now, have you used this ability yet? I've used it several times. Okay. Um, Let me ask you something real quick. Is it an instant cast, or is there a cast timer? There is a cast timer. Okay. That's good. Because all I can see is Albumon falling, doing his free fall and casting it and summoning everybody <laughs> just a free fall and then hitting him hitting his fly his flight form real quick and watching everyone fall. Yes, yep. he would do that. Yeah, that sounds a lot like Albumin. Um, oh my god, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thought you'd like that. Um, the Though I have seen it to do um, stealth ganking, where you'll have one person, I actually witnessed this, there was an alliance in I believe it was Twilight Highlands, and he was um, with three or four buddies, and I was flying over, and I watched a horde guy uh, get ganked by them, reappear, run into one of those little wild hammer houses, and start casting, and then an entire raid of 24 other people oh appeared gosh. around those four guys and just slaughtered them. And I thought, oh, that, that awesome. is the way to use that ability. That's awesome. If there's a way to use it for ganking, I like it. <laughs> well, I could so totally see this um, working for the achievement for the Horde or for the Alliance, you know, have just a rogue stealth in, clear up to the main boss. Oh yeah, that'd cast, be fantastic. Right. Um, do the cast thing and get everyone there and bam, go right at it. Yeah, but it only works for people in your guild, so it wouldn't be, it wouldn't work for a random pug group for, for the Horde. Oh, it wouldn't? Oh. Well, that stinks. But yeah. hey, I mean, for a, for a guild event, that'd be a blast. Yes, that would be. I Have still a, think uh, our aerial gank is going to be the way to go, where we all fly in on uh, flight mounts and then all unmount and parachute in. Yes, we'll have to give that one a shot. 
just looking ahead, have group wheel travel is definitely one of the big perks um, that I was looking forward to. The next one we're getting uh, at level 22 is Chugalug. Increase the duration of buffs from Guild Cond- uh, Cauldrons by 100%. That's kind of boring. After yeah. that, we, we get Bountiful Bags, and that increases the quantity of materials we get when we're farming. That's nice. Yes, that'll be nice. And then uh, Bartering reduces the price of items from vendors by 10%. That's handy. Oh, for anyone buying a mechanical hog, that's significant. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then finally, the one I'm really excited about is level 25, Mass Resurrection. Brings all dead party and raid <laughs> members back to life. I actually was running one of those Zul dungeons with um, a tank. And the tank was fully kitted out in tier 11 gear. And... It was oh okay. I have to tell my epic tank story here. So we go into the we go into the dungeon. We get to the first boss, and this is a pug. Um, and I'm healing this tank, and I realize that you know I'm having to heal him about half as much as I have had to every other tank. So you do the quick inspect to see what's going on, and I realize this guy is completely decked out in high level gear. So I think you know that's pretty cool. So we head into the first boss in this dungeon. And the first boss in this dungeon is full of instant kill mechanics. So there's a maze of green stuff that appears on the ground, and you have to walk within the maze, and then he does lightning strikes, and you have to, you know, not stand in the lightning. And of course, this being a pug, the DPS fail the smart check. And as we all know, you can't heal through stupid. So the DPS go down one at a time within about the first... 10, 20 seconds. But, of course, I'm able to stay out of the stupid for significantly longer, and I'm healing the tank. Now, since patch 4.1, a whole lot of people got battle reses. Uh, Death Knights being one of them, Warlocks being one of them. Uh, So, he, being a Death Knight, reses one of the DPS. So, the DPS immediately gets up and then fails the intelligence check, and not only stands on the stupid, but manages to push me as the healer into the stupid. Nice. So the boss is now down to 80%, uh, and both myself and the other guy are dead. So there is now just the tank standing there. So the tank manages to set himself up in some Death Knight rotation that starts generating back health. And because he's so epically geared, he's generating back more health than the boss is doing. So he, by himself, decides, huh, I'll just finish this boss. So he proceeds to destroy the boss. And then, because he's a high-level guild, guildy in a high-level guild, pops his mass res, and pulls the entire party back up and says, so how was that? (laughs) (laughs) And it was just one of those situations where it's just like, wow, dude, uh, we're just like holding you back, aren't we? We can can go sit in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) So take from that that uh, there are good pugs out there, even if there are only one person in them. (laughs) And also how awesome that mass res will be. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That'll be a blast. Yeah, that will be. Well, so everybody gets a mass res. Like everybody in the group get can run it once every thirty minutes or something. Yep, that is correct. Yeah, now you can't use it in combat. It's not like a battle res, but if you wipe down a boss, it's really handy. You can just res everyone, get right back in the fight again. 
Wow, so not only healers can res now. Everybody can res, assuming that you get that uh, achievement. Yeah, and actually, outside of that, um, there are new battle reses. Death Knights can now do battle res, and as can Warlocks. Like the Soul Stone, you don't need to um, put that on someone before they die. You can throw it on their bloody corpse on the ground, and they'll pop right back up. Wow. Yeah, but they have limited it to one battle res per encounter. You're right. And I don't know how much resources it takes for the Warlock battle res, but I know the Death Knight battle res takes 50 runic power, and if you play the Death Knight, that's quite a bit when you're in the heat of a battle. Yeah, these are definitely not something that you're going to be able to just casually throw out. Um, the Warlock one, again, is a lot of mana, it's a long cast time, and the Death Knight one is a lot of uh, runic power, and I think they're both on a 10-minute cooldown now. Yeah, yeah, but the Warlock one, you can you can summon your Soul Stone, or, uh, yeah, your Soul Stone ahead of time, but uh, you can then just have it ready and apply it to the person after they've died, right? Yeah, that's really nice. Wow, that is nice. So we have a couple new level 85s. As far back as the Guild History tab will show us, unfortunately it doesn't show past six days, and we didn't do a show last week. So the ones we pulled out this week were Vandal and Kaladar both hit 85, so they'll be making their way to the epic loot drops here before too long. Congrats, guys. Now, we did get um, some epic loots. Uh, we did manage to down the big old guy in Baradun Hold again, uh, and we managed to get a Death Knight hands for PvP and um, had no Death Knights in the raid, so those got sharded. Yeah, you can hear all the Death Knights making that noise. Yeah. And we got the epic PvP trinket dropped. So that's a mess of resilience. I think it's 300 and some resilience. Plus it removes all snares and slows on someone when it's popped. Oh. All, move, yeah. all movement and pairing effects. And it's only on a two-minute cooldown. Yeah, it is an amazing trinket if you do a lot of PvP. And we managed to get it to drop. And I was not there to get the Death Knight hands. I was so upset. Yep, if you had been there, they would have gone to you because you would have been the only Death Knight there. I know. Alright, so as people have been hearing, we've got uh, two guests on. Uh, first, I'm going to get Exige to give us a little history of the guild and tell us a little bit about what things were like when he was a lad. <laughs> and Exige is being the founding forefather of our guild needs a hug. Started back in July of 2007, and we get to hear from the the original master, if you will. Was it really July 2007? I did. Did it even keep track of the guild's creation dates back then? I don't. If you type in, uh, like we did a little bit ago, slash g info, it will give you the creation the creation date and how many characters are in that guild, and how many actual accounts uh, those go with, too. So it's real neat. But like you oh, said, the guild awesome. created date, which was July 22 of 2007. Almost yep. four years ago. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, just for all of you wondering out there now, we're currently sitting at 339 players on 91 accounts. Wow, it's it's so awesome that the guild has become so successful. I mean, it's it's really great what you guys have done with it. So, so what was it like you, uh, when we started? 
Well, I got I started on Ravenhold uh, because the server had just opened and I was kind of looking for a change. So I was like, ooh, RP PvP, and there's only two servers. Let's uh, let's try that. Um, I mean, when I started the guild, you could still buy greys at the auction house, and the high-level characters were all about level 20 because they, they hadn't yet allowed server transfers, and uh, n nobody was high-level yet. So, I, I mean, it was... It was really interesting starting up then. The um... I just want to point out too that we are actually one of the oldest guilds on the server, and we might be the oldest active guild on the server because uh, there. I don't think there's that many that are still actually active that were were started up uh, in that those early few weeks when the server first opened up. Yeah, I think it was wow. what a few only a few weeks after the server opened that I started the guild. So the. Um... I mean, when when we started, I, I was doing kind of trying to promote it as a role playing guild. Uh, I was trying to encourage everybody to play in character in all aspects of the game, um, and we also did a lot of farming back then. The uh, I, I mean, back at the time when nobody was level sixty yet, uh, you you bought deviate if you could farm deviate delights, you were going to be the richest uh, guy on the server. So uh, we we had a lot of money coming into the guild. Um, so there was a there's always been tell of this used to be an RP fishing guild yeah that's true I, I used to I used to promote it as the needs a hug fishing company because I mean I'll, I'll, you see all these guys doing role playing as vampires or role playing some sort of militaristic group but I thought nobody's role playing a fishing company so, so that's that's how I was trying to promote it uh, it, it that's was awesome awful. <laughs> but I, but I found the funny recruitment messages messages that I was uh, I was using ended up getting all sorts of really interesting people into the guild, and not all of them were interested in role playing. But I was getting all the really neat uh, neat players, and they're, they're like, "Oh man, I, I laughed out loud when I heard your recruitment messages," and so that's why they were joining. So we were getting people with a great sense of humor and whatnot. Actually. I've got here some of the original recruitment messages. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, roses are red, violets are blue. Some poems rhyme and some don't. Join needs a hug. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Uh, the Alliance will fear your name. You will double your DPS. Random strangers will give you hugs as you pass. One of these will come true when you join needs a hug. Nice. Uh -huh. All right. Oh, and the other one, I, I took a collection of all the things that people brag about that nobody cares about when you, uh, the, <laughs> when you see the tra messages in trade chat, and I just exaggerated them to unrealisticness. So you know, people are always like, "Hey, join our guild. We have three bank tabs, a tabard, event server." And, you know, all, all the stuff that every every single guild in the universe has. So I was like, you know what? Uh, so I posted this, but I was like, Join needs a hug. We have 14 bank tabs. Our tabard gives plus four stamina. Our vent server will improve your sex appeal. And our recruitment messages lie outrageously. Join needs a hug. <laughs> <laughs> that was always my favorite one. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Now, one day I seem to remember someone uh, joined and got a little confused about that message. That's true. We got this one guy in the guild, and he actually thought that the tabard gave him plus four stamina. (laughs) 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 He's like, "Uh, so where do I get the tabard that gives me plus four stamina? And he's like, "Uh, (laughs) that was a joke, dude. G quit. (laughs) <laughs> that was it. It was just de-quit right away. That's hilarious. Yeah, good times. Now, I th- I think um, yeah, I I I think one of those three recruitment messages recruited most of the probably cur- the current active players in the guild. Yeah, I think so. And then a whole lot of people came in as uh, friends and friends of friends. So I, I guess pretty soon the role playing died off, and uh, the uh, <laughs> I, I recruited Belfel uh, at some point, and that's that's still your uh, WoW name, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. The uh, so they <laughs> I recruited Belfel at some point, and uh, pretty soon after I decided, you know what, I don't have time for this World of Warcraft thing. I've got to quit, and uh, Belfel was really good in that he took over as GM. And you did a fantastic job. I mean, you brought in uh, uh, what's her name now? What's, um, Dene? Alidia? Yeah, Denai. Denai. You, Denai. you brought in Alidia. Like, you, you brought in all these, these great people who really made the guild successful. And So, I mean, when I came back to World of Warcraft a year later, the guild was still going. It was active. There were more people than when I left. And so I, I just like, oh, you're doing a good job. And so I took over as guild recruiter rather than guild master. And that was awesome. Anyway, now I don't even recognize most of the names on the <laughs> the vent server. So, no, we're on a mumble server now. I My apologies. I'm showing my age. Well, that has been a relatively um, recent changeover from vent to mumble. Actually, Mumble so, is awesome. Yeah, uh, I would heartily agree with that. We've been very happy with our Mumble server. Yes, yes we have. Thanks, Exige, for all that. We're definitely always really nice to hear from our founding forefather and how the guild actually got started, which really I think is awesome, especially those guild recruitment messages. Those are the best. Uh, let's switch over to Mugtar and see what he has to say. All right. Well, I want to talk about something that I'm passionate about, and that is healing. I loves me some healing. So in Cataclysm, the healing game changed considerably. Back in Wrath, the whole point of healing was try to spam your fastest, most powerful heal as quickly as you can and pray that the tank didn't take uh, two crit hits in a row or else they would go down. But in Cataclysm, the bigger health pools and lower mana regen has changed that. And so now the big responsibility for the healer is to try and sustain yourself through the fight. Because we still have powerful spells and we can heal people up to their maximum health very quickly. But the trouble is doing so is going to burn up our mana so fast that we're not going to last to the end of the fight. And basically if the healer doesn't have enough mana at the end of the fight or before the end of the fight then uh, no one's going to get any heals and it's going to be a wipe so it's actually a pretty big responsibility the the main the main point of healing in cataclysm is to sustain yourself and heal efficiently and to use the right spells so as a priest 
I have prepared some important tables which are up on the website. Um, if you go to the PVE class discussion forum and go under the forum thread for Priest 101, and in there, there are two tables, and I've just updated these for 4.1, so they're up to date. And the first table is your HPS, sorry, the first table is HPM, which is the uh, amount of healing you can get for each unit of mana. And basically what that is, it says, is it's a list of your most efficient spells. Uh, the other table up there is the HPS table, which is the healing per second. So when things get hairy, that's the list of spells you want to use to get people up to their maximum health as quickly as possible. The trouble with the HPS table, healing per second, is those spells are not efficient, and if you use those, you're not going to make it to the end of the fight. So, really, I just wanted to draw people's attention to, uh, if you're healing, it, this, this one that I've prepared is for priests, but if you're... Uh, Another type of healer, uh, a paladin, a druid, or a shaman, you could prepare similar tables for this as well to guide you into making the right spell choice for the right situation. So basically, if you want to survive through a long fight, you need to be using your most efficient heal, and don't be tempted to bring people back up to 100% health because you're probably going to run out of mana before the end of the fight. Um, the other thing that you need to be aware of when you're healing is uh, proper and timely use of your cooldowns and consumables. So specifically the mana regeneration ones. So if you're a priest, your cooldowns would be uh, Shadow Fiend and Hymn of Hope. And you need to use those in that particular order because Shadow Fiend will return a percentage of your mana every time it ticks. And Hymn of Hope will do the same, but it also increased your mana pool. So if you proc these together, if you have your Shadow Fiend up while you're doing your Hymn of Hope, you have a 15% greater mana pool, and that means your Shadow Fiend is going to hit you for an extra 15% every time it ticks. Nice. So that's one cooldown, and you need to use that when your mana starts getting low, but don't wait till the last second, because you need to wait for a good opportunity in the fight. So... Um, maybe wait for a phase where it's a movement phase, and if you can find somewhere safe to stand, um, that's probably a spot where the tank's not going to be getting hit by the boss, and you can maybe uh, spend a few seconds to do a channel. Uh, the other thing with, with your consumables is you can use one potion for, per fight, and most healers will grab the Mythical Mana Potion, which is a great potion, it's instant, and it's going to hit you for 10k mana, um, that's not bad, but there's a better one. The oh, hold on a second. I thought that, pet, that potion was just mythical. <laughs> it is, but if you know a good alchemist, he can make you a whole bunch. So the, uh, the better choice is something called a concentration potion. And this one will, not only are the mats cheaper, you can get this one fairly cheap on the auction house, um, but it's going to restore 22,000 mana per use. That's more than twice as much as the mythical mana potion. But the only catch is that it it's a channeled spell. So basically it puts you to sleep, and while you're sleeping, um, it will restore the mana over a 10-second period. But it's worth it for the 22,000 mana. But the trick is, um, you need to plan the use of this potion. You have to wait until it's the proper phase in the fight, when, when you have a few uh, seconds that you can sit quietly without healing. Another good way is if you're in a raid, you can just communicate with your other healers and say, hey, 
I'm uh, I'm taking a snooze for 10 seconds, so I need you to cover for me. So uh, Dan A and I, when we're healing together, we often do that. I've got a couple macros set up for that, which work, works great. And, and I know pugs really appreciate it when their healers take snoozes. Oh, yeah, they, they yeah, love that. Yeah, of course that, they actually. do. Yeah, you uh, also communicate with the tanks. I know you've communicated with me before, too, during that, and just hit a couple cooldowns. Usually it's, it's nothing to go through that. Yeah, exactly. And as long as you time it right, like if you're gonna, if you know you're gonna be channeling either your uh, hymn of hope or your concentration potion, just make sure you get your tank topped up. Um, if he's like around eighty percent health, then he can usually manage on his own. Uh, he'll get a shield block up or whatever he needs to do to to make it until you're back in commission. And ten seconds isn't that long. It's not really a big deal. Now, 10 seconds can be a big deal on some fights. Have you had a chance to try that eagle fight I was speaking about earlier yet? No, I haven't tried that particular one. I um, I was doing that yesterday, or the day before, and I found that there was no time to channel anything. I had to actually be constantly healing. And in fact, I found that I was... Uh, firing off all my mana regens at about 80%, because it turns out that that fight is a throughput fight as opposed to a long-lasting fight. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, wait, pretty... uh, aren't you, like, a paladin? Yes, a holy paladin. I heal. Wow. Paladin's yeah, per... rock. Sorry there, Mookie. Priests have, um, have a nice way to... Uh switch to a different mode that's that's where their chakras come in and actually that's one thing i love about priests is they're very versatile they can do raid heals they can do single tiger heals uh, they can pretty much do everything and so a point like that you would probably just switch to your other chakra and you would um, go for your best throughput for the group or you could switch to a more efficient uh, heal if you start running out of mana and switch chakras to uh, to complement it so you can kind of keep plowing through uh, that sort of thing and so, actually, that's that's one thing I love about patch 4.1 is now we have permanent chakras. Used to be you had to reapply your chakra every 30 seconds. No more. You can pick the one you want and stay in it until the the fight phase switches and you need to switch to something more suitable. So as a paladin who doesn't know anything about this, explain chakras to me. Oh, okay. Um, for There's a few. There's three. Um, but for healers, there's really only two you need to worry about. Basically, the, the chakra state... Um, affects the the potency of different spells so the one i primarily use is the heal chakra and that gives you an extra crit chance on your direct heals um, so basically if you're healing a single target that's the heal you want to use and heal happens to be your most efficient single target spell so they complement each other really nicely and you can do a decent amount of healing and pretty much sustain it indefinitely because you're going to regen mana as fast as you burn it on the heal. Um, it also gives you a new spell when you're in that state, which is a powerful instant heal. And it is called Holy Word Serenity. And it instantly pounds a heal on someone for 10,000 uh, health. And I think there's about a 6 or 8 second cooldown, which is fairly short. So you can get into a nice um, rotation of applying renews, heals, and hitting Holy Word Serenity, and it's very mana-efficient and quite potent. Then if you get into a stage of the fight where there's a lot of AoE going around, you switch to your um, 
your group heal, which is your prayer of healing chakra. And I can't off the top of my head remember exactly what that does, but I believe it adds a hot effect to your group heals. And the most important one that I'm mostly concerned about, though, is it reduces the cast time of your circle of healing, which is the most powerful uh, group heal for a holy priest. Uh, now, unfortunately, that's more expensive because the group heals cost more mana. So when you're in that mode, you're going to drain your mana fairly quickly, but your throughput in terms of group heals is going to be very high. So you can get the group's health back up very quickly, but your mana pool is going to tank. So what I'll do is I'll switch to that chakra when I need it, and then once my mana gets around 25 30%, I'll flip back over to my heal chakra, and I'll try and uh, regenerate some of my mana. Well, um, priest healing seems so much more complex than pally healing. We went from two heals to five heals, and I'm still trying to figure it out. See, Yeah, that's, that's one of the things I love about priests is they're, they're really interesting. Um, they're pretty much a dedicated healing class. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, the Shadow Priests are very viable DPS, but um, they're, they're sort of the, the archetype for heal healers, and they're primarily built around doing that, and I think they do it very well. Yeah. The other thing I want to I want to talk about a little bit is Lightwell because um, I think that's a little bit misunderstood, and I just want to maybe educate people a little bit on it. There was a great article on uh, Wow Insider a couple of weeks back, and maybe uh, Kaz, if you could throw that up in the show notes, I've, I've got a link in there. Uh, basically, this is kind of a, a primer on Lightwell, but I want to talk about really the important points. First of all, they've changed Lightwell a lot since Wrath of the Lich King came out, and it no longer drops your target. So if you're DPSing or tanking, you can stay on the boss or on the adds, whatever you're attacking, and all you have to do is just move over, click on the Lightwell, and you can even do it while you're stunned, while you're under CC effect, while you're in the middle of another cast. You oh, can get the Lightwell yes. hot rolling. It's, it's really handy. So Ooh, nice. nice. And it not so only nice. that, but it is actually... Um, the most or among the most powerful uh, healing spells in the priest's arsenal. So using this spell is a really powerful way to get your health back up. It's also got a 20-yard range, so if we throw that in the middle of the combat arena, you can click it from just about anywhere you want to kite the boss to. The other nice thing is as a priest, you can throw that out before combat starts. So you get it out there, you can regenerate your mana and start at 100% mana when the, uh, when the fight starts. And you've got that light well out there that people can click on. Uh, the only the only other thing though is I want to point out that it does have limited charges, so don't click on it when you don't need it. If your if your health is up at eighty percent or higher, don't bother with it. Save it for someone else. But if you need it, by all means use it. That's what it's there for, and it's it's a powerful way to get your health up. Do you know how many charges they do have? Uh, you can talent it or um, glyph it. I think it is. 10 or 12 off the bat, and then you can add another, I want to say about 5 to that if you glyph it. That's pretty good. What kind yeah, of, it's, it's nice. It is in a cooldown timer too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's on, uh, is it 2 or 3 minutes? You can usually recast it at least once during a fight. So that's really nice, because I know I love me some light well. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, people are getting much better about using it. It's, it's really been improved in Cataclysm, and I really like it. It's also a strategic tool, because um, think back to uh, the Four Horsemen and Nax. There you had a situation where people were in combat at the back of the room and at the front of the room, but the room was so large that the priest couldn't cover the whole thing with his 40-yard heal range. 
So what you could do is you could slip up the side, throw a light well down at the back, and tell the DPS back there, hey, you're on your own, click on that light well, and then you go back to the front and heal your tanks, and they'll take care of themselves. Yeah, which is real nice, and I'd like to point out, it's no longer the lol well. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It's now the, the light well of awesome. In fact, if you if any of you are running um, Recounter Scada, at the end of the fight, go check the healing meters and look at what the priests are doing for their top healing spells, and I guarantee a light well is going to be in the top three or four of their, their heals. All you have to do is click on it. You got it. So that's that's my uh, lecture on, on heals. There you go. Well, that was awesome, Motar, and we really appreciate it. And yes, I will post on the show notes the websites to go to if you want to read more about that. And if you have any more questions, I'm sure Mukhtar would be happy to help you. If Always you can never happy catch to talk shop. So let's head right on to our questions for the week. All right, we've got the first one from some anonymous priest. It says, why do Torin druids named Albumen suck so much? Is it just the foul smell, or are they somehow mentally deficient? <laughs> Maybe they just have priest envy. I can't say I blame them. Well, I can't blame them either, um, anonymous. Most stinky Torin druids named Albumen suck so badly just out of a general sense of malaise. Even though their class is good and their spec is good, just overall, I think I would call it uh, douchey attitude, can cause a, uh, a a real lack in ability. I think that's a fantastic question. I have a lot of respect and admiration for priests who are as insightful as this one. <laughs> okay, actually, guys, can I tell a bit of a story here? I was one for back in the day when uh, you had to pug for uh, winter grasp. Uh, I was fortunate enough to enter the raid first and become the raid leader. And I don't know if you guys remember. There's you remember that jerk on our server, Kafka, yeah, Kafka. That's it. What is oh was. yes. So oh, he's still there. Oh, it was the best. See, I was raid leader, and and Kafka was trying to pug a group. So someone in my group would invite him, and I'd kick him out. And someone would invite him, and I'd kick him out. And every time someone invited him, I'd remove the invite privilege from him, and then I'd keep kicking him out. And I, I kicked him out of the group maybe, you know, 10, 15 times until the group filled up. And then he spent the entire rest of Wintergrass whining about how he couldn't find a group in, <laughs> in the public channel. Oh, man, it's the only time I ever had an opportunity to just do something mean to Kefka. But, I mean, that made my entire year of uh, returning to WoW worthwhile. <laughs> nice. Well, Kafka is still around and still, um, yeah, just like that. Is oh, he? he's so annoying. Oh yeah. Is he still around? He's still around. I have wow. seen him. We have another question from Seraphemia. She writes, "Hi, Kat, Kazaya, and Belthel. When I was learning to DPS, I was told to install Omen and keep an eye on my threat. It was part of my job." to keep my aggro lower than the tank, and this was especially important in leveling dungeons where the tank may be lower level than you. Now, several years later, as I'm learning to tank, there seems to be none of this in the DPS. If they are three levels higher than me and pull a guy off of me, they yell at me. I've noticed running as DPS too that the job of controlling your own aggro seems to have disappeared. I know you have both tanked and Belfold's DPS is two on Belrial. What do you think of this? 
Should I just stop worrying about my aggro, or should I keep trying to encourage the DPS around me to either control their aggro or enjoy their multiple deaths? Nicely, of course. Thanks, guys. Seraphemia. And I love it how she puts the little pronunciation and spells it out like she doesn't, like someone would in a dictionary, too. That was awesome. Yeah, it's always nice when anybody who writes in gives us a pronunciation key because, well, we can't pronounce our own names, let alone anybody else's. Oh, is that why you keep calling me Exigi? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Realistically, what you should do is continue to encourage them to watch their omen and manage their threat because the only thing you're doing is improving the DPS pool for the next guy who comes through. Even if you have to sort of teach them the lesson a little bit, it will always be better off in the long run. And if they make a big stinky about it and they bail out of your group, well, it's one last person you have to deal with. Now, I have some very strong rules as a healer. The Generally, the tank, will, the tank will never Sorry. die. I always heal the tank no matter what. The DPS, on the other hand... Um, I have uh, some very strict rules on it. Like, DPS that pull aggro are a self-solving problem. If they pull aggro, and then they die, well, then they're not on the aggro table anymore. Seems relatively easy to me. And I follow that whether I'm tanking or healing. Um, Secondly, I always make sure I tell them what they have done. Because it's no... They don't learn anything if you just if they think you just haven't been able to heal you. You actually have to go out of your way to say, hopefully without being too smartass about it, the reason that you died is because you pulled aggro when I was healing the tank. Now, of course, you can be a real bastard about it and say, now what shouldn't we do next time? But you try not to do that, and you try to actually give them some positive reinforcement. Yeah, uh, it's true, and most DPSs, they have some form of aggro dump. I think about the only class that doesn't is the kitty druids. But usually everything else does have some form of aggro dump they can do, and really, if they die, then it's their own fault. Yeah, yeah I kind old... of agree with that. When I'm, when I'm DPSing on my rogue, I've got so many tricks... Uh, to drop or redirect aggro. I don't really watch Omen, but uh, not all classes have that many tricks. But basically, I'll just go all out, and if I drop threat, well, I've just got a magic key that makes my threat disappear. Yeah, Warlocks aren't as lucky. They only have one. It's called Soul Shatter, and it's on like a seven-minute timer or something ridiculous. Um, So you always have to be very careful as a Warlock to watch your aggro. But there's an old saying... And that is, if the healer dies, it's the tank's fault. If the tank dies, it's the healer's fault. If it's the DPS dies, it's their fault. That sounds great to me. Well, it's it's really the way it is, because if the, uh, if the healer isn't doing their job, then the tank will go down. And if the tank isn't keeping the ads off the healer, then the healer will go down. And if the DPS aren't watching, aren't managing their threat, then they will go down. So, though it's your job as a healer to heal people, um, realistically, you only should ever have to heal people through unavoidable damage. Everything else, you gotta get out of. And one more thing to add, if the light well's still up, then it wasn't the healer's fault. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that sums it up for our questions this week. If you want to send us a question, just send it to needsahug at live.com. Just send us a question, and we will answer it on the air and get you your response you're looking for, whether you like it or not. Now, let's move right on to our Say It, Don't Spray It shout box from our guild page. We have Belreal, who typed, Awesome work on Mumble, Pomoria. Who Pomoria is the one who set up our Mumble server for us and got us all set and got us separate channels and just did a fantabulous job getting everything up and running and I must say I love our mumble server and I think he did an awesome job we have Rhea she typed man the WoW model viewer really showcases how badly the original race of models need to be redone the worgen and goblins especially make even the BC races look not quite bad but not as good. Yeah, if for people who don't know, the WoW Model Viewer is a little program that exists outside of WoW, but accesses the WoW files and allows you to load up any character, model, or gear in the game you want to see how it would look. And in fact, that's what a lot of people use for creating machinima or you know showing an entire tier set if they don't have it. And she's right. When you look at the tier set on some on one of the old races, like the original humans or the orcs, uh, you see just how low polygon count the models are and how much their textures need to be redone. Ray also posted, female trolls in particular need better faces. You have the choice between one cutesy one or one that more resembles burn victims. <laughs> so true. <laughs> she also posted a link to a site for I think it is I think the title of it is called The Greatest Action Scene Ever and you can I'll post that in the show notes and you can go see that and it is pretty freaking hilarious if you haven't watched it yet. Blunderbuss he types yay patch day Dr. Watt also said, patch, 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 with a fist pump emoticon. And Mukhtar says, it's time to enter a bunch of dungeons called Zul something or another and kill some trolls. The bad kind of trolls, not the good kind. Hmm, maybe I should wear a hat, uh, something you can tell us apart by. <laughs> Ray also posted... For anyone who helped with getting the Corium needed to build my epic flyer, I couldn't have done it without your help. You guys rock, and once again, show why this is the best guild ever. I am deeply grateful to you, and if you, any of you have any need any assistance on something, do not hesitate to ask me. She also posted, When did they finally give Lorthamar Theron a unique voice? I haven't been to check it out, but I heard it's pretty bad. Yeah. I, I also have not played him yet, or played with him yet, to hear it all. Rhea also posted, And in this case, unique doesn't equal good. Wow, he sounds terrible. Like a bad attempt at a parody. Terrible. And that sums it up for our Say It, Don't Spray It shout box. If you want to leave a message on our Say It, Don't Spray It, all you have to do is become... All you have to do is become a member of the Needs a Hug webpage. Just go to needsahug.guildzilla, 
com and you can sign up to be a member and check out our forums or posts and everything like that and put a message on our shout box on, the, on our front page well I can see the shattered remains of the planet rising in the east so that means it's time to wrap this up any last thoughts Kaz man I so wanted a kodo steak Mukhtar a word in edgewise no, what? Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was busy polishing my uh, legendary mace, Sulphur's Hand of Ragnaros. Exige, just a word. Word! So for myself, Belthel, Mukhtar, and Exige, have a great night, everybody. Good night. Good night, Good night. folks.